conferences, long agendas, big venues, always on your feet, barely getting to see the people that you want to see, and then, of course, the expense. Well, the three of us at Good Morning Hospitality are launching Good Morning Retreats. Our first retreat is this July 8th through the 10th at the Horse Hospitality Training School in Auburn, Alabama. If you go to goodmorningretreats.com, you'll find out more information about our first retreat that we're launching. We have already filled half the slots. We have 20 available and we have about 13 already filled. So make sure you go there, you apply, show your interest, and we'll get you all situated for our first ever Good Morning Retreat. Thanks so much for tuning into the podcast. And now back to the episode. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Hey everyone, I was hoping to get this message put together sooner, but things like this unfortunately take time to set up. I just want to say that the acts of war against Ukraine break my heart, and I know as a prior service member myself that my thoughts and prayers go out to everyone who's fighting the fight that they really shouldn't have to. That being said, we have been working behind the scenes with all of our podcasts and podcast partners to put a fund together in order to pay for any refugee housing and other needs that go alongside that, like food, water, and any clothing needs. Internally, many podcasts in the Hospitality FM network have voluntarily given up sponsorship money in order to donate to the cause and are working on a unified message in order to spread throughout all of our podcasts. So this is me calling out to all of our property manager friends, industry experts, and anyone knowing of those providing lodging for Ukrainian refugees seeking safety. You can contact me directly at will, with one L, W-I-L, at slicktalkmedia.com. We have an internal document that is being updated in real time. So if anyone could share this message within your network, we'd greatly appreciate it. I'm also placing in the show notes a link to our GoFundMe and landing page for Rentals to Rescue. That's rentals.torescue.com, where we're putting funds together in order to, again, provide finances for any of these lodging and relocation needs. So thank you so much for tuning into this quick message. I hope you guys are all well and safe, as I know we have tons of listeners in Ukraine and other countries in in Europe. So thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Good morning. Good morning. We made it another week. We're still alive. We're kicking. Best day of the week. <laughs> Best Is day it? Of the week. Mondays, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Because we're here and we're going to make some great, uh, great startups are going to become famous. We're going to have, you know, all of our uh, predictions or thoughts and, and concepts come to life. We're just kind of leading the charge here in 2021. Industry doesn't know what's going to hit them, so I think we're. I think uh, soon, stockbrokers, investors are going to look at our episodes so just to see, okay, what should they invest in, what kind of stock should they buy. I think they're just going to listen to us. So <laughs> we got a different audience soon. 
<laughs> Startups of the week, they're going to pay us to be promoted. So we have a different new <laughs> business model. So who knows? Yeah, <laughs> Guaranteed for success. We're living the dream here at Good Morning Hospitality. Well, how's your guys' week and weekend? Good stuff. All all positive. Weather is changing. I think people are getting a little happier now that the sun's coming out. Spring has sprung. Spring has sprung. It's great. Mr. Ross, you got any? Yeah. Finally, I get to use the bicycle again. I just started missing this. It was so cold in here for for last months, actually. So it looks like the winter disappearing, and uh, as soon actually the the clock changed here as well. When we went to uh, European daylight time, actually, I think it also directly changed the the weather forecast. So uh, seems to be more positive than before. So uh, all good. That's, that's the most Dutch statement you've said on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Got to break out my bicycle. <laughs> um, and I just miss it so badly. Even my bicycle, actually, I just a new one, which I ordered a few uh, a few months ago. Actually, I ordered Netherlands and shipped it in here because I just need a Dutch bicycle. It has to be Dutch. But it's a cool one. I would just start different episode about different startup ones. But this is I could. Uh, it's kind of like Tesla under bicycles, fully electric, but uh, super cool. Next episode. Yeah, the most Dutch statement you've ever made. I think <laughs> <laughs> I'll uh, make more soon. <laughs> Perfect. Well, uh, exciting episode been a while since we have a, we've had a, a guest on the show so i'm excited to introduce tim who will be joining us after we do um the bid eruption and what's with the noise so i'm going to go ahead and just kick it right off to mr ross we're going to hit you with the bid eruption report good morning yeah, well, actually, we talked about uh, going Dutch, you know, about Dutch uh, brands, companies, everything. Well, this week, we also have a Dutch startup of the week. It's called Muse. Muse is a, is a European cloud-based software company, as it describes, like, or, or summarized as a PMS, but they're from the Netherlands. Um, but their majority of the people are actually based in uh, in Prague, uh, a bit similar as Bidroom, but we are a Dutch company, and a majority of the people are based in, in Krakow, not so far, far away from Prague. But they're doing actually extremely well. They're growing a lot. I think a few weeks ago, I read an article that actually kind of uh, a unicorn already. If you're looking at the valuation-wise, um, they're growing massively. Um, I think the reason actually they're growing so quickly, I think, is the connectivity part. They make it really easy for, for partners to integrate and to connect with them. I think they have over 400 integrations already done in a pretty short time. I think they're existing for around five years old, completely cloud-based. And I think it's also when you're looking at PMS, but we can have a longer discussion also with the other guys. Is like cloud-based in my opinion is the future. If you see the big, the big ones, the the, the Oprahs of this world, the Protels, I think they're still native. Um, they have to be using. If you want to use them, pretty difficult to use them. So, and I think Muse is doing quite well. And again, to make it really easy, a zero friction policy, what they use, and to make it really easy to connect with them. So, uh, uh, well done. Uh, well, I want to say Dutch guys, but I think one of them is Dutch. The other guy is, is I think, is, is Czech. But as a Dutch company doing very well, so uh, proud to, to mention them uh, this week. Um, another thing, if we're talking about connectivity, it's also nice to mention that uh, last week we actually finally went live with IHG on Bidroom. Um, uh, next week we go, or this week actually we go live with with Windham Hotels. And actually, you see that what we're showing this actually is that the the other this called the other big chains actually reaching out to us that they want to be on board as well. So. We already saw a massive growth last year. If you look at the numbers of hotels who joined, uh, there was also a lot of mid-sized chains. Now you see actually the the, the the major, the big chains actually reaching out to us that they want to be on board. We tried a few years ago. Some of them were a bit skeptical about their business model. 
You see a lot of things are changing into subscriptions, as we talked about previous episodes, and also get the attention from, from other big chains. So super excited we're going to have more big chains on board soon. As I mentioned, IHG and Windham, they're bookable on, uh, on Bridgeroom uh, for now. And uh, let's go to Mr. Golden. And uh, what's up with the noise? Hello, hello. So the what's with the noise today can be quite literal because as we've seen in Miami Beach, uh, it can be quite noisy when travel resumes and you've got a whole segment of an age group that's just been at home and, and not out with their friends for the majority of the year. And once travel opens back up, the whole term revenge travel appears to be very, very real. We've predicted it many times on this show and, and many different articles have certainly supported that narrative. But the first real big spring break market that kicked off this year in the US uh, ended up in an 8 p.m. curfew for the entire city as a result. So I think uh, it, it supports several narratives. First of all, people are ready to travel. People want to get with other people and socialize and, and be out in public, but cities aren't quite ready to handle it. And so it'll be an interesting balance the rest of this year to see how cities try and keep what happened in Miami from happening in their town and otherwise still draw tourism to their, their cities because Miami Beach's tourism has to happen for, for that city to thrive. So let's see what happens the rest of the year, but uh, interesting case study to, to kick it off. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, even in my own, uh, not my own personal Airbnb or short-term rental, but the one that I'm managing currently, as we have other ones on, on, uh, on boarding and going under management, had a fun little, I think, uh, party breakout. So, you know, shout out to NoiseAware for uh, one, I had I knew all the signs, so I told the owner, I was like, hey, I think you're going to have a party this weekend. And they're like, no, we're not. We have a guest staying. I was like, no, you're literally going to have your guests have a party this weekend. <laughs> and they're like, oh, oh, I, no, it won't happen. All the red flags were true. And uh, thankfully, you know, now, now, I have a, now I have a living testimonial for why I need noise aware in all my properties uh, for the owners that were hesitant about noise monitoring or anything like that. So it's good stuff, even, even not in Miami. That's the that's the thing. It's not even, even in Seattle yeah. or rural Washington. Yeah, like the yeah. smallest little town <laughs> in in Washington. So it's pretty cool. Well, um, excited to talk about today because we're you know as you guys both have mentioned, there's a lot of things changing in the industry. The industry has changed a lot in this last year, especially in 2020 itself. Um, so we're gonna talk about pricing and what what does this look like for the future? How do you you know especially I think with a lot of even more resort destinations kind of requiring um, testing for COVID prior to your exit or your return back in your home country. Um, this can be pretty cost effective for hotels and vacation rentals. So um, we have Tim Spiker with uh, Bowie. So I'm excited to introduce Tim, the man, the myth, the legend. Welcome, Tim. How are you doing, my friend? Thanks for being with us on this morning show. It's great yeah, to see you great. again. Nice Good. to see you as well. We're not, 
Where are you coming in from? I'm in Sacramento right now. Um, you know, sunny California. It is bright and early in the morning, and it's beautiful here. So thanks for asking. Of course. It is the good morning hospitality show. So <laughs> hopefully you brought the coffee with you. Absolutely. Super there duper. There we go. Super duper. We're all drinking coffee, and then Mr. Ross is drinking usually wine or beer. So, yeah. So, you know. yeah. <laughs> oh, we'll yeah. cut shots. <laughs> yeah, when you say it's five o'clock somewhere, it's usually there. Yeah, usually. No, and here's after four, so ten plus four in here. So uh, much later. Yeah. So Tim was the head of revenue management for a company called Oasis Collections before the whole acquisition of Vacasa or by Vacasa. And Tim, you went through the whole Hyatt hotel revenue management training courses as well, right? Yes. Yes. Um, so your insight is going to be pretty interesting on our, our broader topic for today, which is how do you price the return of mm-hmm. travel? Yeah. What so, are you seeing broadly speaking right now? Yeah. So let me use, well, it's, it, it's different depending on where you are. Like, obviously, you know, if you are in somewhere like Big Bear Lake or Mammoth, some, like some, uh, you know, leader destination where you can be socially distanced on your vacation, but it's driving distance, like to a huge city where people have been pent up, like then you're probably doing better than you would be like without Corona. Like you're probably loving life. And yeah. so for those people, just like keep your rates high, you know, do it and like look for when everything starts to calm down again, but it's going to be a little while. So those people are doing fine. Um, I think that the, the tougher challenge is in a city like Montreal. Um, which is like my, my go-to, go-to example city right now because they still have the 14-day quarantine rule in effect. So like a whole bunch of travel comes from the U.S. And if you cross that border, you got to sp- stay somewhere for 14 days quarantine. So people are finding that business. They're saying, okay, come in, you know, stay with us for the, you know, for these things or like whatever you need to. Um, and so when they're like very much still in a corona mindset, even though, you know, we're like 30, 45 days away from like the normal summer happening. So when I look at the vacation rental prices for Montreal, they're extremely flat because all of the vacation rental managers are still operating in like the Corona mindset. But if you look at the hotels, then you see that like, yes, they are depressed over the next 30 to 45 days. But in midway, in mid-May, those rates start rising pretty much like normal. And then we get into the first weekend of June where there's a, normally a Grand Prix race. It's one of the biggest demand uh, events of the year. They have their rates, like the hotels have their rates like, as if they're normal. Now, it may be that like the Grand Prix ends up getting canceled and doesn't take place in, in any shape or form. In which case, the hotels are going to drop their rates because like they know that they've got a booking window that's under five days. And so like, they don't need to have the right rate until the end of May, really. You know? So they keep it depressed over like over that um, near-term time horizon. But then it's like cowabunga for the rest of the summer. Because when the recovery happens, if you have people like in your rooms who booked at pre-recovery rates, then like that's a huge drag on the ref par. So I try to try to recommend that people get um, aggressive on the low end in the near term and aggressive on the high end long term. Um, because it protects your protects your assets over the high value dollars or high value dates of the summer, and it also means that like 
right now with short windows and longer lengths of stay, it means that yes, people are going to capture those um, low value bookings in the term of the booking window. But if they've got a 60 to 90 day stay, they're also going to capture some of those high dates further out in the window. So that's how you can hedge for hedge for recovery while remaining focused on keeping your units occupied in the near term. So like, what do you do in like Miami Beach, right? It's just had its kind of peak season. It's going into summer, which is historically slower. So what do you what would a pricing strategy look like in general? And as a traveler, should it should I book now? Should I wait until two days before I travel? What uh, what's the best advice you give to a traveler? Well, I say book right now, but book a, book a place. All the hosts are going to hate. I'm sorry. This is like the traveler's perspective. <laughs> book a place now, but book a place with a flexible cancellation policy. It, you your plans may change. People in your party, if, like if you plan to go to to Miami. People in your party between now and that trip may get COVID, in which case you want to have that that uh, cancellation policy. And also, it's like just over a year since Airbnb like forced people into that um, approach, which I I totally get. Like I feel like it's you know as we're heading to an uncertain time, like it would have been tricky to force all of those people to hold on to their reservations. But like. Things haven't just like snapped back. It's not like those really big booking windows and like the super strict cancellation policies. I don't think that those are coming back in the same way. Now, if you're if you're an owner and you're in Miami Beach, I am probably not as concerned about price right now as I am about like operations and like making sure like making sure that my place survives right now. So I'd say like. You do want to stay uh, in a situation like Miami. You want to keep your rate high because if people are going to come and party, they have to pay a premium for it. And like they are going to they're going to take advantage of you if you drop your rate too low. But like really, you know, demand is crazy in Miami. Now. Lots of people are heading down. There. The, the rates are all over the place. And so I say just like if you have a spot there, just like. Try not to lose on on the low end of of the uh, of your rate range, and then just really focus on operations because that's what it's all about. If you have like a big cleanup after those people leave, and you have to like push the next person, that's a whole other problem that also impacts your pricing and your revenue. So focus on those operations first. That's the bigger challenge. Yeah, I've I've actually heard of people booking like four or five places uh, at a time in basically different geographies in case this city or state shuts travel down or there's an outbreak here or there. Um, not ideal for managers or, or hosts, but I think that gives the opportunity to charge a premium. And I mean, just looking at flights, right? We've got... Delta, I'm, I'm supposed to go to Scotland this summer. And I looked at, I booked a flight in January and then I looked at flights now and it's more than double what it was just in January. So I'm, I'm super interested to see like who's going to be able to afford travel in general, uh, much less like how much it's going to hurt hosts and managers to have all these cancellations. Uh, and, and what the cancellation rate is this year compared to last year or the year prior. Obviously, last yeah, year know, cancellation rate is probably pretty high, but compared to 2019. 
So I, I briefly ran a hotel in South Beach in Miami. Um, it was it was wild. And the thing that shocked me the most was that the cancellation rate was over 50%. And like not just that hotel, but like every hotel in Miami Beach. And that was in 2018 um, because everybody is like shopping around a whole bunch like that. And so when you're a vacation rental host, you're like, oh my God, if I could only be professional as a hotel. But then you start running a hotel and you're like, oh my God, Everybody cancels, like the booking windows are short, the expectations are really high. The arrival times are like super spread out. I gotta have somebody physically there all the time. It's like not nearly as fun as you think it's gonna be from the outside. Um, but like as, as these cancellation policies stay in place, it forces your booking window to be a lot shorter, which means you have to be much more nimble with prices. Um, yeah, you just have to really stay on top of the market and make sure that you're always adjusting as, as things change because like, with that short booking window, you don't have a whole lot of time to get price right, like when it's time to get it right. Well, you talk about cancellation. I am really afraid as well there will be cancellation boom. Um, you see, of course, the majority of people booking on the OTAs, right there, the cancel numbers of cancellation much higher than the if you're making a direct reservation, right? The hotels knows as well. Like, do you think OTA should block it? If you, in this case, it could help because they're ruining the relationship, right? It's going to be really hard if you just what you just said two days before you just have five days book and you just cancel you canceling and it'll be really hard for the hotels. That OTA should take take a role there as well. I know, of course, they just want to be, uh, of course, make their make their revenue to charge a commission. But yeah, then they know that some users making multiple bookings, right? It's like if we limit it to maximum of three. Uh, if you're making more than three bookings, you just have to cancel one if it's on the same date. And, and our hotel is going to push more to book directly because they know as well that the cancellation rate is much lower if you book directly than through an OTA. What do you think, Tim? In terms of direct booking versus the, the OTAs, um, I, I think the OTAs to date have taken the response or like um, taken the side of the traveler, trying to make that as, as easy as possible, which I, I totally understand. Um, if you want to be able to control your own destiny, then absolutely get those direct bookings. You know, you don't pay the commission, you know, you, you define the relationship. Um, so yes, ab absolutely get those. And like, um, yes, they, they do have a, a lower cancellation policy or lower canceling rate. That being said, I think that the, the longer term, the long term solution is to get your operations tight enough that you can handle a really short booking window. Um, where you can handle 50% or more of your reservations being confirmed in the last three days. Um, now, when you do that, you your rate approach actually has to flip on its head. Most vacation rentals, like they begin with the rate high and then decline throughout the, the booking window until it's like the lowest it's ever going to be with the, the shortest amount of time left. But that's because most vacation rentals had booking windows that were like two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. And so you have like if you're not booked like over that last week, then you start getting really nervous. Whereas a hotel, because they have much more uh, a much better handle on like demand and you know exactly when people are going to be coming in and when they're going to be booking, they have the confidence to be able to raise their rate at, at the last minute and punish anybody who waits. So I think that if if these two uh, if these two approaches are going to be like unified, be a part hotel of the future that like straddles like the, these two different um, segments, then they're going to have to adopt some of those same, um, some of the same resilience that a hotel has where you are confident. Yes, people can cancel at the last minute, 
yes, I, I am also confident enough to raise my rate even as people do it. So then if somebody cancels and it gets rebooked, it's actually at a higher value than it was originally. It's like it is counter to how most vacation rental managers approach revenue management or revenue management. But it's imperative if you're going to work like a hotel that you price like one as well. So, um, yeah. Keep so that in mind. if you don't have some revenue management assistance this year, you're you're going to have a very challenging time navigating uh, the ebbs and flows of cancellations and revenge travel and yes. surges. And then, you know, there's, there's always going to be, it's in the back of all of our minds, at least, there's always going to be that, that chance that shit hits the fan again, excuse my language. Um, but we, we have to be able to, to navigate the, the peaks and the valleys because it's, it's almost certain we're going to hit another valley at some point. Yeah. If you, if you're a vacation rental manager and you have not had like a come to Jesus moment in regards to market data, then you might want to start looking around at other positions because like it is imperative that you get your, get your data in order for this year, because like we are in completely unprecedented territory. Nobody knows what the booking frontier is going to look like after this recovery is taken, like during and after the recovery. And so the only hope that you have is to stay super on top of your data. Because um, things are going to be changing all the time and the historicals mean very little now. So well, if, you, like, if you've been putting off your transparent subscription or whatever it is, get on it. I agree. Um, I love subscriptions, as you know. Well, I had a question as well, and, and before I forget, actually, because of the it's the perks part. Why do you see now that hotels and then, well, if you know, bedroom, we're doing the same, and TripAdvisor Plus is also starting to giving more perks, right? So, okay, in this case, the pricing is good. There's a discount, but there's a lot of perks offered by the by the by the property, just to say, are we keeping the revenue or keeping it quite high? But in that case, we compensate and we're just giving the traveler something extra, which is the the, the perks part. What do you think about the perks part? Do you think going to be a bigger role now as well to keep the, the revenue high, but then play and give some vouchers, for example, for a restaurant or upgrades when needed, et cetera, or when, when possible? Yeah, it depends if you are in, if you're like more in that hotel model or the vacation rental model. Because in the vacation model, the biggest perk that you have versus a hotel is clean air that other people are not breathing. And so like, you know, Hotels can offer whatever they want, but like having an isolated cabin far away from other people is like, that's golden. Um, in terms of like uh, boosting ancillary revenue, then like those upgrades and things like that are extremely important for a hotel. Like you are you have operations contained in a single building and you need to maximize every single revenue generating thing that you have in, in that building. Now, if you're a vacation rental, and you're looking at that that hotels have and you say, great, well, I already have the clean air. I'd also like to throw in a breakfast box or, you know, whatever it is. Like there are all sorts of like uh, upgrades and perks. It is unless you're you know, like with a really high, uh, like a high wealth segment that like, you know, throws a lot of money around. I have not seen those things be um, super successful as like additional purchases um, being made by the individual. It's like, it's one thing to be at a hotel, you know, and engage with a really fancy hospitality brand and have them like bring the cart to your room. And like, you know, it's like, the, it's a whole experience, but at a vacation rental, you're going to have some random person like come drop off a bus and it's just not, it's not the same kind of experience. 
Um, and so I, I tend to caution people who are vacation rental operators against trying to like add on upgrades as a revenue, um, a revenue generating endeavor, because you really want to try to, you're mostly going to be improving the guest experience. And it's also going to be really difficult from an operation standpoint. Um, so it can be very difficult to execute on those things uh, and do well. So important for hotels. Um, but I, I say that with a note that I've also seen vacation rental hosts try and fail. Yeah. Well, I was going to say, like, I see a lot of vacation and it really depends on the portfolio size, but I see a lot of hosts start discounting like crazy, kind of like how you're saying they, they see their booking window shortened. So they just shorten, you know, they cut their rates and cut their rates and cut their rates. And what we've been focusing on for ourselves is, is value stacking. So adding on, you know, midday cleans, late checkouts, like easy value adds, but they're also revenue add-ons as well that don't add into the rev the, the operation scale. So like midday clean, like, yeah, that may be, uh, involve a little bit more coordination with the cleaning company or your, your cleaners itself. Um, but it's still an easy revenue booster that if they're there for three weeks or four weeks that you are able to at least secure some kind of additional revenue instead of nightly rate. But I think what you're saying, like what the packages and all the other like add on stuff that itself, when you have multiple properties that are all doing it and you're pushing those um, and people actually start buying it without having, you know, without consciously just going through like your guidebook or your website and be like, yeah, I want this. I want that. Like, if you're pushing all of it, then yeah, you're going to make your operations a little bit harder than, um, than most, because if it's just there as an option, if the guests felt like it, they would probably purchase it anyways. So right. I think, yeah, what you're saying is pretty, pretty good. It's to hosts get pretty quick to discount before they actually think about just yeah. like adding simple add-ons. And, and the reason for that is because like when you're thinking about discounting, like most people just do not have a very good handle on their booking window. Like yeah. for most urban markets in the United States, even prior to COVID, more than half of the reservations were confirmed in the last week. And it was like 70% in the last 10 days. It's like, that's just so uh, such a higher volume than people think over the, the last period of time. Because mm -hmm. like you log into whatever your PMS is and it probably has some aggregated number up, up at the top it says your, your uh, average booking window is 21 days. And so you're like, oh, well, average booking, that probably means that 50% of my reservations are confirmed after that date and 50% before. But that's not what they're saying. They're taking an average. They're taking a mean, not a median. And so like all of those 180-day like booking windows, 300-day booking windows, like they're super skewing your numbers. And so there's a huge misconception in the vacation rental industry about the length of booking windows because the PMSs display the mean um, average booking window instead of the median. It's crazy. All right, Tim, so, quick question. Yeah. yeah. Are more people traveling this year than in 2019? Yes, hmm. I just, a, just a, so more, slightly more stays have been purchased at this point before the summer than were purchased um, at the same point before COVID. Um, and I'm, I'm taking a, a timestamp of the first week of March um, because obviously like in the, in the last March, everything was like totally crazy. But we are like just ahead of where we were just before Corona in 2019. How Sorry, do vaccine requirements play into pricing potential? Yeah, well, that's just gonna be another big barrier um, for a, a guest coming in. 
so reach the cancellation. Get, get a cancellation, maybe, but I think it's going to lead to um, bigger booking windows. I, I mean, I talk about booking windows all the time, but that's like the, the one uh, guest decision-making component that really impacts when and how you adjust your rates. So it's like, it's just such a, a big behavioral component that-, um, that So you think booking windows expand this year versus shrink? I know last year they shrank exponentially, but- yeah, we went from three weeks to three days. Where by the end of this year, what's the booking window? Oh man, there's there's no way. No three hours. Yes, but this, this but show's I, all about predictions. <laughs> yeah, so I, I so honestly that that's going to be it, it's going to be different place by place, and, and the reason I say that is like the healthiest booking window for let's say let's say somebody's like booking corporate travel in Geneva. Um, Rapid yeah. fire, Tim. Higher, lower. What's the number? <laughs> definitely, definitely going to be lower. But if you're in a dense urban area, it's going to be single digits low. And if you are in a if you're in a rural area, it's going to be double digits low. Um, yeah, and you're you're probably not going to notice it as as much. the The booking window will get more compressed the more urban your uh, things are. But you see also, we talked about in the previous episode about long stays and those things, of course. You mentioned, of course, operational things. And you think there is a massive growth in, in long stays now as well? Because you still see yeah. that the properties, they just have, an, have a day rate, right? There's every day, every night is the same rate. But of course, operational-wise, it makes a major difference that somebody stays. If you have 10 stays of three days or one stay of, of 30 days, right? So, Yeah, that's why it's important to... Um... To have rate variance, you want your weekends higher, generally your weekdays lower, all, all of that kind of stuff. So when those long stays are booked, they capture all of those uh, the uh, different demand yeah. variances. Um, yeah, sorry, I, I was going somewhere with that, but I, I forget what I was saying now. And that's the other thing, of course, is the risk as well, right? That's what you see as well, but also the same in group books in the past. Like if you have an... an, an stay for like a long stay for one month but they canceling two days before the whole month of course is open right. again that's the that's of right. course is always a challenge right but if you just go into right. short and stays if, you just have it if they if they canceled on airbnb or whatever then you are going to get an seo boost on that site to get you rebooked because like they know how much mm -hmm. hate having last minute cancellations and so they yeah. do everything that they can on their side to, to try to get you rebooked the other really? thing and, Sorry. Uh, and this, this is what i was uh this is what I was going to say. Um, it shocked me working for Oasis and realizing that those longer stays, uh, especially with corporate travel and relocation, have shorter booking windows than um, the leisure travel that has shorter stays. And so it's it's really difficult to have both function at the same time because by the time you get into the booking window for the the longer stays and the relocation, the dates that they would be where they would be staying have been pieced. Uh, sold piece by piece to shorter stays with a bigger booking window. And so you have to know, like, what is my strategy? Am I trying to get these longer stays? Okay, then, like, keep my keep my rate short or uh, low in the short booking window, high in the long booking window, um, and then, like, let them capture all of that demand variance when they look at the last minute. Um, or let's say that you've got a beach destination, like, people aren't doing, like, corporate travel to your beach, then, like, you know, you probably have a, a much bigger booking than that. Any rapid fire questions, Will, Michael? 
No, uh, that was basically all I was going to say, especially when you talked about the cancellations of the Airbnb and the algorithm boost like that we just saw yesterday. So like, it's, it's true. It does happen, but I, don't know, I think, uh, yeah, there's a lot covered. I, I don't even yeah. know. Why you think gonna... the, uh, the average price of 2019 and now you think they're going to be higher or lower the average? Higher than, higher than 2019. Definitely higher. Yeah. I, yeah. I agree. Oh yeah. Definitely. By 5%, 10%. I mean, it, that also depends on where you are. Like, Finger in the wind. Average aggregate. If you're... <laughs> Michael, numbers mean more than that, man. Like, <laughs> it's like there's more nuance to it. Um, yeah, I'd say like you're, you're not going to see a, a huge boost in, um, like in, in the rural areas because those have already been boosted. Um, in, in urban areas, it's going to be about like the demand drivers. Like, are the Lakers playing again? You know, is that big anime convention like back? Like all of that kind of stuff. That's like the bread and butter driving the huge peaks like throughout the summer um, for your urban destination. It's like when those come back, like if they come back in the same way, then yes, we'll have all sorts of pent up demand driving the rates higher as well. But if it turns out that the landscape has completely changed and like the anime convention is virtual, then that probably damages um, those big peaks. So it's it's hard to it's hard to put a single single number. He's saying higher. Got it. <laughs> higher. I've got one question. Higher. A lot of people a lot of people all ask me. Oh, you know, you're in the hotel business. You know exactly when I should book. Should I book? How many times up front should I book? What is the best? What is still the best price? Okay, this is like I should book three months in front. And of course, depends of the. Of the uh, of the location, everything. I know you're gonna give yeah. the same answer, but okay. What yeah. is still the best booking window? When, how long in advance should I book my stay? The golden question of the day. It's all the the cancellation <laughs> policy. So, yeah, I say, I say, right around thirty. For the best days, price. Say, right, right around thirty days is an okay. Well, actually, if you're booking a vacation rental, then book it as late as you possibly can, um, because they probably drop their rates at the last minute and that's when you're going to get the like do you think there's going to be any availability this year in a vacation rental this summer though because there's not much well see that's the that, that's the difference um that's the calculation people are going to have to make we know that people drop their rates at the last minute so that's that's always well that's going to be true at least for the the near future we also know that there are cancellations at the last minute and we know that Airbnb and the others promote you if you have a last minute cancellation. So if you are a super budget minded traveler, then just like rip the hell out of Airbnb a few days before you travel. And like, <laughs> it's going to be a little nerve wracking, but you're going to deal. If you've got a family and you don't like adrenaline sports, then I say like, look at that, like 30 <laughs> days in advance, you know, um, because the, like the market's going to be finding its stability at that point. You're going to have one of the first bites at the apple. I love it. I'm gonna start. I'm start looking today. You, Michael, you have family as well, so you start looking today, and we're all gonna wait one day before, right? I'm already booked. <laughs> I'm booked <in> January. <laughs> I don't like the adrenaline sports. Of trying to figure out places last minute. Okay. <laughs> Only business okay. travel do I do that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Tim, you brought a lot of good insights, my man. Um, I appreciate you taking the time to join us on yeah. the show and. And um, obviously, so for the listeners, we'll give you a, a shameless plug. Where can people find out more about you guys and what you're doing at Bowie? Yeah, let's go to Bowie.us. Uh, currently, we're only integrated with Guesty. 
So guest users, if you want to sign up, we've got a free product, we've got a paid product, you know, we'll, we'll make your revenue dreams come true. Um, if you are on a different platform, then, you know, fill up on our website, let us know what platform you want us to see us on next. Um, I, you know, I would love to be on use next. I love that platform. Um, but we'll, we'll see what the next connection is. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. Thank you, Tim Michaels. We'll see you guys again next week. And, uh, Tim, I'll see you tomorrow. Cause you're going to be on slick talk. So it's good. good stuff. <laughs> awesome, man. Looking forward to All it. Right. See you guys. Happy Monday.